This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. Welcome to Ramdas Here and Now. I'm Raghu Marcus. And um, this is a continuation, in a way, of uh, the last podcast, which was a Ramdas talk about Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. And uh, in that podcast, uh, I just want to mention one thing, because this is really cool. Boy, the way that this works with uh, interaction with between myself doing these podcasts and, of course, Ram Das, and then people that are listening. So we got uh, a comment um, on the podcast, which uh, I believe her name was Nancy. And thank you very much, Nancy. If you're going to listen, if you are listening to this, um, Nancy gave us a link to the actual to a video of the talk that uh, that Ramdas and others of us attended uh, that we attended in uh, a tale of the tiger which is not called that anymore in Vermont in uh, Dharma Choling I think it's called now I may be wrong uh, but uh, it was the talk that Ramdas referred to in the uh, in the talk that he gave that I that I uh, played on the podcast, in which he talked about being uh, brought up to the to the front of the uh, room with Rinpoche and with Trungpa, and uh, audience asked some questions. It was a talk about uh, uh, Carlos Castaneda's book uh, about Don Juan. And uh, it is, so Ramdas, you know, commented about this whole thing, and uh, there's an actual video of it. I was, like, blown away. I'm so thankful that that exists. It's kind of a little bit grainy black and white thing, but you you absolutely can see the interaction and, uh, and of course, uh, you know, hear the interplay uh, between the two of them. You must watch it. So just go to uh, to the uh, ramdas.org, go to the uh, podcast section. There, it's uh, You can get it in different ways. Just right, I think it's still up there right now. Um, uh, just go to the podcast section and go to the Trungpa podcast, uh, which will you'll see that comment and there'll be a link. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, fascinating stuff. I mean, it's from 1973, um, and I think believe it's uh, the link is to all of the all of the uh, videos and i think it's the third video that has ramdas in it so uh i had promised uh last time because i also found a um it was a an old cassette and you know we had it digitized and it's ramdas interviewing uh chogyam trumpa rinpoche uh, at uh, at something called the Dharma Festival at in that year, I believe it was that year, seventy three, and uh, it's not very long, but it's again you get a real feeling for who Trungpa was and uh, the interplay uh, that he had with Ramdas. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, especially the tried and true blue buddhists um around that time 
because uh, you know they they let's say they didn't have the highest respect for those of us that came from the bhakti hindu tradition had been in india and just had come back from being with maharaji at that time and and of course trungpa played with ramdas and uh, certainly called him uh one of the light and lovers <laughs> that's what he had a term for us light and love but he did uh, he did so in a, in a way uh, yeah i mean he played he played with everybody so uh it wasn't unusual but he had a real affection for ramdas and for others of us and i think he he truly honored um who maharaji is and uh so there there was you know there's a lot of uh, back and forth play around that whole uh, idea that you can actually see in this, uh, again, in this video from way back when. But this is a beautiful little interview, and um, again, it's it's not that long, but I, I just wanted to, uh, because I had promised to play this thing, and I don't want to go on and on. I mean, I actually, I didn't get a lot of bad feedback around this uh i did get some negative feedback about uh trungpa and the fact that uh, i was holding him in such high regard and so does ramdas by the way um absolutely um think we both think that he certainly was one of the finest teachers um that had come from the east um although very, very unpredictable, enigmatic, and um, not for everybody. Definitely not for everybody. So, um, by the way, we're just back from uh, a retreat uh, that Ramdas did with Roshi Joan Halifax, who is someone else I want to introduce uh, in these uh, podcasts. Uh, who's got a tremendous amount of wisdom and is also uh, a bit of an enigmatic teacher, a wonderful teacher. She's got the Upaya Institute out in New Mexico, Santa Fe. So um, I just, uh, we have some great uh, footage from that retreat. I think if you go to Ramdas, not I think, I know, if you go to ramdas.org, you can navigate to that footage, um, which we have put up uh on youtube uh but uh, there's some wonderful wonderful material there so i urge you to uh to uh, find it uh you can write to us at info@ramdas.org if you're looking for anything that you can't find and i'll make sure that the right person gets back to you and um again, thanks for the support we we appreciate um, all of the feedback that we do get and just want to encourage people to continue i mean we love that feedback and and uh, all of uh, the letters we get ramdas uh, looks as at as many as possible and i answer as many as possible as well and uh, and also any kind of financial support is well appreciated uh, that's the only way these podcasts everything that happens at ramdas.org the retreats the videos and all of it and we have some wonderful stuff upcoming that i'll talk about next time meanwhile here is Ramdas here and now, and uh, an interview with Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ramdas, uh, formerly Richard Albert from Newton. Uh, 
And I, like you, am on a journey of consciousness, a journey of the spirit. And uh, my journey thus far has taken me through academia and psychology and my teaching at Harvard, work with Tim Leary and psychedelics, and then to the East into yoga and meditation. And in the course of the journey, I have uh, sought out and been graced to receive a number of teachings. And in fact, I am, wherever I am in the world, very attuned to the teachings that are available. Uh, today, uh, I am in a very interesting position of having the opportunity to share with you uh, one of the sources of the teachings that I'm receiving. Uh, and here in America now, more and more of the beings who have teachings to share with us are uh, starting to settle and to create a stable base for the transmission of the Dharma. Um, today we um, are going to explore some of the Tibetan traditions and do that through uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche who um, has come to the United States, has center in uh, Scotland and in the United States, um, has come to the United States originally from Tibet, and has centers throughout this country now, and is, uh, in my uh, estimation, although I don't know from which place I'm judging, but is perhaps uh, the most conscious being in the West that I know of at the moment. Uh, it awes me uh, to be uh, uh, in his presence. Uh, at the same moment, I don't take my awe too seriously uh, because it's also kind of fun. Um, Trungpa um, comes out of a lineage, and that concept of lineage is not, uh, spiritual lineage is not too familiar in the West. and. Uh, Maybe you might start out by sharing some way for the Westerners to understand the meaning of lineage to that tradition. I think uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the sense of a continuity in the spiritual practice uh, is uh, very important to understand. That is to say, continuity in the sense of uh, there is a living uh, awareness has been transmitted through generations to generations. So that the present teacher or the present holder of the lineage does not become uh, entirely superstar himself or herself, and uh, that person is fed by the the development of um, um, enlightened mind that has been uh, possessed by it, so to speak. So I think the idea of lineage is extremely important that... Uh, you are merely the keeper of the tradition. Keeper of the tradition, right. and there's a sense of uh, life and the living things transmitted without any uh, dilution or distortion at all, none whatsoever. By ego. By ego, yeah. or any other 
design, so um, cultural for the matter. And the idea is the living quality seems to have a great deal of importance. Well, uh, many of us who come out of no formal lineage, uh, in this sense, a spiritual lineage of the, I mean, I may come out of a spiritual lineage, but it's, I'm not conscious of it at this moment, still experience the spirit and then seek out this, uh, the training which leads us to also feel ourselves to be vehicles, even though not of a formal lineage. So what's the, the nature of the formal quality of it? I think that there is a definite sense of that, uh, almost that you are completely um, soaked mm. or possessed, whatever you call it, the, uh, um, the power and uh, and the sense of a real confident of a fundamental being extremely sane and precisely clear. In other words, in any meditative experience that you experience, maybe through books or have occasional information from uh, some teachers, but when a person becomes completely into the lineage, that teaching becomes a personal thing rather than external entity coming into you even. It's sort of uh, rediscovering yourself, which is the lineage. Yeah, again. Which is the lineage, in fact. In the sense that you being a tuku are um, are a are rediscovering who you've been over these series of incarnations not in the form of the incarnation but in the essence of it and that's the there, yeah that's there is a, some sense of uh, that you are really alive mm. in all sense of the word spiritually and everything mm. One of the um, tasks that um, Trumpa uh, is undertaking in the United States is um, the building of a very firm and strong foundation for a living Buddhism in America as a tradition. And uh, one of the ta uh, projects is a, a film on Milarepa. Um, one of many projects, Trump is working with mental patients, and he's working with meditation centers, and with a uh, uh, variety of training programs. And uh, perhaps the Miller-Repa linkage is to make real the matter of lineage. And what is the teaching of Miller-Repa that comes through the lineage then? I think one of the uh, characteristics of Miller-Repa is uh, um, there is uh, a very strong and a definite approach to a discipline in which that uh, one has to surrender oneself completely, including the sense of achievement, attainment, how to reach the uh, notion of uh, devotion arises. And uh, the Malarebas lineage is known as the uh, uh, the practicing lineage, the which is the practicing lineage, um, 
in Tibetan Buddhism in general that there is uh, two types of traditions. One is the 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 system of the pundits, the scholars, are also practitioners, but the means are being a scholastic approach. And the other one is being the Ikusulu approach, which is the uh, the part of the yoga kind of uh, complete involvement with the teaching. And through that, the one develops also intellectual understanding as well at the same time. So, Malarepa is extremely outstanding from that point of view, that uh, he's the uh, first person in Tibet in the 10th century who actually introduced the very idea of solitude and the very idea of uh, surrendering opening, giving, and uh, developing the idea of uh, uh, devotion and identification with the lineage. So, therefore, that Milarepa's uh, uh, life has become uh, one of the prominent uh, examples in, uh, not only in Tibetan Buddhism alone, but in the spiritual practice in general. And um, I think some of the Tankas shows that there's a fragment of his struggle at the beginning, early stage of his life. When he was in training, black magic, when and when he had to surround with that yeah. and uh, surrender he that. He developed and green nettle fur all over his body. Something like that, yes. Uh, and in the cave. Being in the cave. Yeah. And uh, being constantly tested by his guru. Mm. And uh, finally, uh, attaining enlightenment in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. That seemed to be the, uh, the statement. statement. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by attaining enlightenment in one lifetime? That, even that he got into that whole business is already the product of uh, an infinite number of lifetimes, or at least a finite number. Which one, the... The fact that he was even aware that there was a task to do, or that, he was, that yearning had risen to the surface at all. Uh, the uh, preparation and inspiration towards enlightenment is uh, only can be experienced by somebody who had very definite ideas, like in the case of Malarepa, that he was a black magician and completely accomplished the whole thing. Mm. And that kind of uh, force or wind that you catch. Right. And then or being somebody, or being somebody definitely, yeah. and then that conviction uh, goes on, yeah. almost like businessmen. Yeah. But on on the way, somehow he loses that uh, speed, so to speak, uh -huh. and that causes him to achieve enlightenment this lifetime. Right. So you need that impetus of uh, yeah. having been cast into somebodyness to end up being nobodyness or somebody. Yeah. That kind of. Uh, that still doesn't answer the question of how that all came to be. In other words, Milarepa is still running off a whole sequence of lifetimes. Hmm? And after his attainment, no, before. before his attainment, like, I think that is also uh, spiritually planted that his that particular life that he had such a extremely difficult childhood was also caused with the previous speed of his past lifetime. Right, that's the key. Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ramana Maharshi in the Hindu tradition, uh, you know, he's 17 years old, he's done no sadhana, nothing at all. 
and uh, he goes, starts, just goes off to Arunachala and sits in a cave and just goes through the whole thing. And nine months later, he's uh, he's a very uh, uh, conscious being. I think there are different types of people. There's some people who have extreme bad luck, so to speak, with the life, yeah. and some people had relatively prepared. And some people are hardly need to be prepared. That's the different types of uh, of uh, evolution of ego, yeah. different intensities. Um, in our conversations uh, we had up in Vermont a while back, um, we had this interesting dialogue where you said to me, uh, you have to accept responsibility. And I said to you, it's not my responsibility, it's uh, my guru's responsibility or God's responsibility. And we got into this uh, little dialogue about that, which was in relation to Don Juan and things like that at the time. But it comes back here again to when you talk about the lineage as, after all, you're merely a middleman for it, in a sense. And so the question of where the responsibility lies is an interesting one. I think the, the responsibility is definitely lies on the vehicle which carries the uh, precious uh, thing in it. Right. You know, if a vehicle breaks, then you lost the container. You don't think the precious thing in it controls the vehicle fully? Well, the precious thing is like a, a, a paint. You need water to put in to actualize it. Yeah. So the vehicle is, in that case, extremely important. And the that keeps the vehicle in alert, so it doesn't become a loose or, or careless and, and uh, sort of develop a blind faith that... So it's the balance between recognizing that you are the vehicle for this thing and also accepting the decision made, the responsibility that's right, for... That's right. Uh, oh, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very delicate line to walk I think so, yes, yeah. yes. I think that's what means the, the Vajra holder, the lineage holder, is that uh, the power and authority comes from a sense of alertness, mm. a wakefulness, that you are carrying this precious uh, teaching. Mm. And therefore, you can't afford to make a mistake, and which perpetuates one's own awareness development rather than a purely paranoia and sense of delight in the fact in the world. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, um, in coming back to Milarepa now, what, for in the Western uh, idiom now, is the translation of the Milarepa story in terms of use for, say, me at this moment? I think particularly Milarepa's life is very uh, applicable because that uh, uh, he's, uh, where he began his early life, his childhood, had gone through pain and frustrations, and also he's gone through spiritual shopping in some sense. Yeah. And finally, he found this in the final commitment. So there is a, a real parallel. In fact, much more so yeah. than Padmasambhava or, yeah. or any of the other Especially teachers. all the powers he got and used and played yeah. with and got that's caught right. in, yeah. like all the rest of us in the West, <laughs> who won powers. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, what's, is this going to be, a, is the film, when will the film be? Uh, I hope the film will be able to be put together sometime in next year. Mm. And uh, this collection of tangas. Uh, very rare and 18th century painting of Melarepa's life. You tell me a delightful thing that when you went to Sweden to photograph them, that everybody that was holding them in a museum was not fully aware of their 
the implications of them sufficiently to protect them from allowing you to photograph them, which is what uh, often is the problem about tankas, that people won't allow you to use lights and so I think that has something to do with the Malay airplane himself wanted to come out to the West. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it for a moment. <laughs> if you do, <laughs> you'll be surprised yet. The, th the far thing is that we all, I'm sure, I, I know I do, uh, just feel part of an incredible force of opening or awakening or transmission. And uh, it's like a very huge uh, wind, and I feel very much like a leaf on it. And to assume the responsibility, even as leafness blowing in this wind of, of uh, the unfolding of Dharma, to, uh, to guide your way through it, and to use skillful means in getting your own teachings uh, is quite a delicate line. And uh, those of you that have ears here, uh, there are beings like Trumpa here in America available to us uh, for teachings. And uh, uh, when you're thirsty, you go to the well and drink. This podcast has been brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate all the support for the Foundation and for Ramdas's work, and we hope that you will continue that support. You can go to ramdas.org and click on the Donate Now button and follow the prompts. Thank you.